Well, here we are. I've been, um, I've been dropping hints about Christmas to you guys for about three months now. I don't know if you're aware, but I am very excited. It is quite literally. Everyone's a critic, aren't they? Um, it's quite literally the most wonderful time of the year. Let me just have a show of hands. Who's put their Christmas tree up? Okay. How about this? Be honest. Who has had their Christmas tree up for more than, more than a week already? What about more than two weeks already? <laughs> Helen, Gemma, from last year. Yeah, well, it's easier than tidying it away, isn't it? Um, but the thing is, we, we've been putting trees up all over the place this week. There's one out there, one out there, one here, and then Ellie and I put ours up on Friday. And it just fills you with joy, okay? We've got this, this really weird thing of bringing trees into our houses, right, which is really odd. But it makes you think, oh, it's Christmas. It's the most wonderful time of the year with kids jingle balling and everyone telling you to be in good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And all the Christmas music is back on the uh, radio. Whenever you turn it on, got in the car this morning, and straight away, Band-Aid was on. And it's starting to feel like we're finally here. I have been ready for the past three months. But when we were putting the tree up at home on Friday, my fourth tree so far, I was thinking, why do we do it? It is a bit odd. Um, it's a bit... When you think about it, we chop down a tree, we drag it into our homes, we get annoyed when the pine needles fall off, we cover it in tinsel and baubles, and then we wait till it turns brown and starts to fall apart, and then we drag it to the curb. We don't get anything from it. It's weird. So I googled it. Turns out trees in your house for celebration started a long, long, long time ago. A lot of people would say, oh, it's a German tradition. It was. But way before that, hundreds and hundreds of years before that, it was a pagan tradition. Now, obviously, as a church, we can't agree with pagan sentiments. But the reason they brought them into our homes isn't something we're completely unfamiliar with. Evergreen trees, that are these kind of trees that stay green forever, um, are a symbol of the victory of life and light over death and darkness. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? We've heard that before. It wasn't until hundreds of years later that Germans started putting them up, and in the mid-18th century, Queen Charlotte, who was Victoria's great-grandmother, brought one over from Germany when she moved, and then uh, Victoria's husband a little while later, Prince Albert, made them really popular, and now we still do it. So that's it. There we go. I had a question. I googled it. I found the answer. And surely that's that. It's it. Done. Well, an hour and a half after reading that, I was still on my tree train of thought and learned about something called dendroclimatology. Vanessa, do we know? No. I'm glad because I was really worried <laughs> that I was going to get things wrong. Um, dendroclimatology is the study of past climates, the weather in the past, depending on what the rings inside a tree look like. So for those who don't know, inside a tree, if you cut a section of the trunk out 
um, you will find that there are rings, and each one of those rings is a year in the life of that tree. Don't worry. I am going to talk about Jesus. It, just stick with me. So the long and short of it is, sunlight, soil, air, nutrients, and temperature all determine how well a tree grows each year. In the trunk of a tree, you have these rings, and these rings tell you exactly what their past has been like. You can't see it from the outside. That's important for later on. If you look at this tree, you can't tell what kind of life it's had. But if you cut it open, you can find out. As I learned this, I couldn't help but link the idea of having a new exterior year on year with the bad years that we hide away when we become Christians. In the right environment, under the right conditions, trees are new creations each year. They look brand new, they look different. Just as we are when we go through the waters of baptism, under the right conditions, we too can get rid of those bad years. We don't show those bad years anymore. We give our lives to Jesus and we become new creations. Just like trees, we continue to grow. Baptism isn't an end. It's a beginning. We need to ensure that we remain in these good conditions so that we can continue, after we get baptised, to grow. So, this is very new for Lynn, but for everyone here who's been baptised, you've not finished, you've not completed it, you've not ticked the box and moved on, you've began and you need to carry on. So, in order to keep a theme to this talk, I've taken those five elements for tree growth, sunlight, soil, air, nutrients, temperature, and I've really, really shoehorned in five points just to match up with them. So the first is sunlight. This is an easy one. First thing God created in Genesis was light. Light is symbolic of God and good. We need to stay in the light to maintain our relationship with Jesus. Darkness is sin. Ephesians 5.11 says, Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. Of course we all sin. We fall back into old habits, we get angry or we get sad and we do things that are wrong and that we regret. But we need to try and stay in the light. We need to move on from those things and move to the light. To stay away from sin as best as we can, we're going to sin. Everyone in this room is going to sin, probably before you go to sleep tonight. Something will happen, a thought will cross your mind, you'll get angry, you'll do something. We sin. We are perfectly imperfect. Okay? That's why we need Jesus. That's why we need the light. That's why we need to maintain this healthy habit of moving towards the light consistently. We acknowledge what we've done, confess it to God, and stay in that light. So that's sunlight. And once we've got sunlight sorted, the next thing we need to do is to create the best possible version of ourselves through the soil we bury our roots in. To stay close to Jesus, we need to be an active member of a church. Matthew 18.20 says, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. And that's true, and everyone knows this, um, this Bible verse, everyone's heard of it, and everyone says, oh, you know, where two or three of us are met, should we go down the pub and talk about Jesus? Yeah, great, do. 
but that's not church. It's not enough to just make excuses and sit around somewhere where you want to be and say that it's church because you feel like you're ticking a box. You need to find a church that has solid teaching, that has solid worship, that has good people. And you need to root yourselves there. You need to become involved and surround yourself with the good works. Acts 20.28 says, Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. That means look to one another for help and help others. We're family here, as Lynn wrote in her talk, you know, this is family. We owe it to God to help one another. We owe it to God to ensure that we are the best soil available for people to plant themselves in, to help them to grow into the best version of themselves. The next thing a tree needs to have a good year of growth is air. Air is everywhere. And we often forget, but we need it. We breathe it all the time. Do you ever do that thing? I'm starting to do it now because I already know what I'm going to say. Do you ever do that thing where you realize you're breathing and then it stops being automatic and you're like, I haven't breathed in a minute. <laughs> no one else? Just Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> but I do it all the time. I, I forget. Oh, well, no, the opposite. I remember that I have to breathe and I start thinking about it too much and it becomes a manual job where it should just be automatic. God is everywhere. See these links, honestly. God is everywhere, and quite often we assume it's automatic. Okay, we will come to church on a Sunday and we're like, right, great, that's it, that's done. That's me done for the day. Um, I'll come back next week. But we need to remember that our relationship with God has to be something we do manually. We can't forget Him and go about our lives as if it's all about us, as if we're the most important thing in it. We have to remind ourselves that we're surrounded by God, just as we're surrounded by air, and our faith is manual. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? God is with us all of the time. And we need to make sure that we're living the life we promised to lead when we publicly declared our love for Jesus in baptism. We need to acknowledge that. Okay, we can't just say, yeah, okay, I'll give it. Yeah, Jesus is my Lord and Savior under the water two weeks later. Who? We need to make sure we're constantly reliving that. So after sunlight, soil, air, trees look to nutrients. If you thought the first three were bad going to carry on going downhill. And if you think nutrients means diet, diet, spiritual diet, spiritual diet, spiritual habits, stick with me please. It works just about. We need to ensure that we are connected to God manually and to do that we need to keep him in our lives. So to do that we need spiritual habits daily. 
I'm not going to ask anyone to put their hands up again. I'm not going to ask anyone to make this known. I just want you to answer these questions in your head and be honest. Did you pray at least once a day in the last week? Have you read your Bible for at least five minutes every day this week? Have you spent time each day worshipping God in the last week, whether through singing, reading, dancing, serving, or any other manner of worship? I think most of us, if we're honest, know that we don't keep regular habits. I know that I personally struggle to maintain personal Bible study. I'll go through phases where I'll do an hour a day, and I'll sit there and I'll go through whole books of the Bible in one go, and I think, this is amazing. I'm going to crack the Bible in a week. And then slowly it gets less and less and less until 7 a.m. every morning my phone buzzes, and it's the Bible app, and I read the verse of the day, and I go, done it. That's Bible study. I get caught in that trap. We need to make sure every day we are consistent in our habits so that we can have a healthy relationship with God, a healthy faith diet that counts as nutrients. Finally, finally, temperature. Trees don't like to be too cold, and frost is not good for trees. Frost is not good for people. Literal frost, like the stuff that was on my car yesterday, I think it was. Or, and here's the link, frost in our hearts. Bad moods, actions towards other people that are negative. When we think of faith, we remember God and we love him and we pray and we worship. When we're baptised, we become new creations in the eyes of God. And we're saying to him, we love you, God, but also we love others. It says that on the balcony. I'm not telling you guys off. Love God, love others. We need to love the people around us as if they are our family. We need to treat everyone with kindness and with love and with warmth. It's no good loving God and stopping there. If you love God and don't like others... You've got a problem. To be able to be the best version of yourself, to be able to have a year of good growth, you need to be able to love all of those around you, and it's difficult. People really don't like acting the way that you want them to, right? It's difficult to love everyone, but no one said it was going to be easy. So here's the takeaway. I'm going to ask the band to come back up. We're going to um, sing a bit more. Um, But before we do... We need to just remember that the takeaway from today is be like a tree. You've had your bad years, now let them go. They're not on the outside anymore, no one can see them. You've moved on. They've shaped your past. Those bad years have made you here today. But they don't define you. You are not your bad years. You are a child of God and so you have to live that way. Living that way means surrounding yourself with sunlight, the light of Jesus, soil, planting yourself in the right environment to grow your faith, air, to ensure God is in all aspects of your life, nutrients, to ensure you have a good spiritual diet filled with healthy habits, and temperature, 
Don't let the cold set in. Keep your heart warm to all of those around you. If you're able, will you please stand? And I'm going to pray for us before we go back into a time of worship. Lord Jesus, thank you that we are all able to meet here today to to understand just how much you love us and to read your word and to really take away from it, uh, from it just exactly what it is you want from us, Lord. And I just pray for everyone here. I pray that we are able to see the weak points in our, in our lives, the parts of those five things that we're not fulfilling, Lord. And I just pray, I pray for strength and wisdom that all of us can acknowledge those and can make them better, Lord, that we can have the best relationship with you that is possible.